In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As you're being seated, turn to the gospel according to John. I spent a lot of time the last month thinking and praying and having some discussions with some people and just trying to decide what direction we would go this year. We went through the book of Romans, of course, last year, and, and um, finally I settled on the gospel according to John. And I think we will do well if we just take uh, some, some months and week by week go through this text and um, I hope you will be excited to be here and, and, and study it with me and with us. And um, We know this was inspired by God, and we know it was written by the beloved Apostle John, and it speaks uh, so clearly of the person and the work of Jesus Christ. If we want to know a little more about Jesus and about his work, the Gospel of John is a great place to go and We'll see, I think the theme, to me, the theme of this, this book is found in, in the last chapter, but the theme is that all people would see Christ for who He is and would believe on Him as Lord. And so, that's our goal, is that if anyone comes in these doors in the next few months as we study this, that they would hear the gospel and turn to Christ. But not just that, that we who are already His followers would know Him more and love Him more, and be ready to serve Him better. So let's dive into it. The first five verses we'll read today, I believe the first 18 verses are an introductory introduction, or maybe a summary of the whole book, and so we'll take some time in these first 18 verses the next few weeks, but um, today we'll look at verses 1 through 5. If you have found verse 1, say, Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. From these five verses, I want to give you six truths about Jesus Christ. Six important, foundational, vital truths that we must know and believe and hold forth as a church. Number one, notice that Jesus is the Word. As you look back there at verse 1, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And this does not speak of, as we might think, of the Bible, which is also called the Word of God. This speaks very clearly of Jesus. And the Greek word I put there on the screen for you is logos, which is to say Jesus is the Word of God or Word from God. Uh, so when, when John writes this, and it's very interesting the way he says it, when he writes to say Jesus is the Word of God, what he's saying is Jesus is the one who will speak to us and show us the will of God. You know, when we want to say something, we typically use our words. 
Sometimes my girls, especially when they're younger, right, they'll try to tell you something, but they just won't come out and say it. And you're like, use your words, right? Say what you want to say. Use your words. When we want to speak, when we want to say something, we typically speak and use our words to portray what we want to say. When God wants to speak, the most clear way he ever spoke was to send his son, Jesus Christ, as the Lagos, the word of God. And Jesus was and is, along with the scripture, of course, the ultimate revelation of what God wanted to say. Notice in verse 18 with me. Skip down to verse 18. We'll see this here in a few weeks, a couple weeks. But look what it says. No man hath seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, which is in the bosom of the Father, he hath declared him. So it is Jesus who declares or makes known who God is and what God wants. Another scripture I'll give you, I think it's up there on the screen for you, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2, our next slide there. Um, Maybe it's not. Yeah, there it is. Listen to Hebrews 1. Long ago, many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed the heir of all things, and for whom also he created the world. Uh, a few years ago, probably about eight or nine years ago now, uh, I was out of town. I was over in Birmingham at a church conference, and uh, my wife and boys were younger, and they got into a wreck. And it was really bad, especially on Aiden. He busted his face all up, had a broken nose. They ran into the back of someone with his wet weather, and so... I drove fast as I could from Birmingham home, uh, just terrified that they had been hurt worse. But Aiden was in the hospital, I guess a couple of days, had surgery or whatever. But we found out later from the insurance company that he was, as a minor, he was awarded a settlement uh, because of his injuries. They would pay for his hospital bills and a little settlement on top of that. Well, that's pretty interesting, but also nice. And um, so... To get the settlement, though, we had to have these lawyers, and I guess, I don't even know, I guess the insurance company provided them, and these, so these two young, guys, two young, you know, lawyers show up, and they take us over to the courthouse, and we don't know what we're doing, I've never, that's the first time I've ever been in a courthouse in my whole life, and so we go in there, and they're like, just sit there and be quiet, like, okay, and so we just go sit down, and they're like, when the judge looks at you, just say the words, yes, okay, and so the judge, she was really nice, she asked them, we're like, yes, but these lawyers took care of all of it, we were just sitting there like, what are we doing here, and, and so, Afterwards, they spoke to us. The lawyer's like, hey, enjoyed it. See you later. And they, they left. They made their money, I guess, and left. And so I was like, that was weird. But those lawyers, did. All, I had no idea what was going on. Jesse, we had no idea what was going on. These lawyers took care of it, and they spoke to the judge on our behalf, and they said all the things that we didn't know how to say or what to say except for the yes. The reason I'm, I say that to you is that when we study the, the gospel according to John, And when we think of Jesus Christ as the Word of God, I want you to remember this. Remember this all year as we study this, that Jesus always makes the right case for God. Everything he says, every miracle he performs, every discourse he gives, everything Jesus does that's recorded for us in the Word is Jesus making the case for exactly who God is. So therefore, everything he says, everything he does should be studied by us and, and appreciated by us. Jesus Christ is the Word. Notice, secondly, 
that Jesus is eternal. Twice in the first two verses, we see a phrase. Do you see it? In the beginning. In the beginning. I imagine some of you started a Bible reading plan yesterday. Did anybody start a Bible reading plan? A few people? If you did not start, we have one. A few of us are in one together. Uh, we're doing a chronological study this year. And if you want to join that, tell me afterwards. Text me. Uh, I put the post, the link on our Facebook. I highly encourage it. Listen, do a Bible reading plan. And if you get behind, you know what? Just catch up. Don't, don't let it get you down. It's not about checking it off a box, right? It's about daily spending time with God. And so I highly recommend it. Even if it's just one chapter a day, a few verses a day, make you a plan and stick with it. But if you did start your plan yesterday and you started in the Old Testament, uh, you probably started with Genesis chapter 1, where it begins, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And now we come to John 1.1, and he says, in the beginning was the Word. And the idea here is that Jesus Christ, our Lord, is eternal. Jesus did not begin in Genesis 1.1, did he? Did not begin there. He was already there. He was a part of that creation, as we'll see here in a minute. He did not begin 2,000 years ago in a manger in Bethlehem, did he, when he was born? Jesus has always existed. Let me show you this verse, John 17, 5. Um, when Jesus is praying to the Father, he says, Father, glorify me in your own presence with the glory that I had with you before the world existed. And again, we saw Hebrews 1, 2 a moment ago. It said, through whom, Christ, he created the world. And Colossians 1, 17 says, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. Church, we must hold this truth uh, together, that Jesus Christ is not a created being. He is an eternal being. He has no beginning and he has no end. As the Bible says, he is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. If we attack or disbelieve the truth that Jesus is eternal, then we are attacking the very core of who Jesus is. I know, I know I'm preaching to the choir, I think, but we want to remind ourselves, as John does here, Jesus is eternal. Thirdly, Thirdly, we learn that Jesus, notice this, he's a distinct person, yet one with the Father. Some things are hard to explain, right? Have you ever tried to teach the Trinity to a child? Some of you have taught Sunday school in the past. I know some of you have, and some of you have dealt with your own kids. Have you ever tried to explain the Trinity to your child? I've tried to explain it to adults, and it's difficult, right? Uh, maybe it's easier to teach it to a child sometimes, probably. It's a, it's a deep truth, and the, we know the word Trinity itself is not in the Bible, yet if you take the Bible and study all the things about God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, and about God, you see that God is somehow three in one. We call it the Trinity, the triune God. Let me read it to you this way. The, our statement of belief that we go by, and there's some copies on the back table back there, the second article says this. It says, we believe that there is one and only one living and true God. That's true, right? We are monothe monotheist, one God. He is an infinite and intelligent spirit whose name is the Lord, the maker and supreme ruler of heaven and earth. He is inexpressibly glorious in holiness 
and worthy of all possible honor, confidence, and love. In the unity of the Godhead, there are three persons, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It says they are equal in every divine perfection, yet carry out distinct but harmonious offices in the great work of redemption. In many ways, this trinity is mysterious. And I've had all these different illustrations over the years. I've tried different illustrations to explain it to people. And every single illustration I've ever found, I feel, falls short to truly explain the Trinity. And I always tell myself, just don't even try to give an illustration because it's just going to fall short. But every time I preach on this, I go ahead and try one anyway. Let's try one right now. (laughs) Here's another one, a brand new one. At my house, I have some Bibles. I have several Bibles. I have my preaching Bible, which I'm using right here. My preaching Bible I use every Sunday. I also have a Bible that's from China. It's Chinese. A friend of mine was a missionary over there, and he brought it back to me as a souvenir. I can't read a lick of it, of course, and, but it's pretty neat. So I have that Bible. And then I have a, a, a Bible from the biblical languages. So the Old Testament is Hebrew Aramaic. The New Testament is written in Greek. And again, I can read a little bit of the New Testament, Old Testament, no. But if I take the Chinese Bible, the language Bible, and then my preaching Bible, and I lay them all there, they are three separate things, three separate Bibles. But are they also each the Word of God? So they're the same thing, the Word of God, yet they're three separate things. And again, a new illustration I tried, and I still fall short (laughs) to explain the Trinity. But here's what I want you to see. I want to serve a God who I can't fully understand. I want to serve a God who is incomprehensible in ways. If we could truly figure out everything about him, would he truly be God? Now, thankfully, he reveals much of himself. He reveals a lot of himself to us. But I'm glad we serve a God who is sometimes beyond our understanding. Suffice it to say for us this morning, That Jesus is a distinct person, and so is the Spirit, and so is the Father, yet they're all one. We better move on. Fourthly, and this really is the point of all of this. If I had to summarize all of these in one point, it would be number four. Jesus is God. Look with me at verse one. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Look at that phrase, the Word was God. Jesus was and is God. Did you know that there are some people who take that phrase and interpret it differently than we do? You know, guess who I'm talking about? Some of y'all might know. They add an article in there. And actually, interestingly... This week, I went to check the mail. Uh, we, were, we were very sick at the house, but one day I was like, I just got to go outside. So I went to check the mail and had this letter that was like, you can tell it was a handwritten letter, red ink. And I started reading through the letter, and it was from a Jehovah's Witness from our county, who I guess they used to knock on doors. Now they drop handwritten letters in the mail, uh, I guess because of COVID or something. But Jehovah's Witnesses, for example, that, that particular cult takes verse 1, and they add an article. And they say Jesus was a God. 
By the way, other groups do that as well. Muslims do that as well. Jesus was a God, not the God. And you can get into some stuff there with the Greek and, and dive into that, which we won't do this morning. But clearly in the context, as you read about who this word is, he's clearly God. Not a God, but the God. Why is that a big deal? I mean, is it a big deal? I think so. <laughs> it's a very big deal. It's a big deal to say, is th the one we follow, is he God or is he not? If Jesus is not God, then in the Bible, he was a liar. And was Jesus a liar? No, of course not. He is God. He said he was. He proved that he was. And we know it. If we are going to be willing to give our lives, our time, our resources, if we're going to deny ourselves, take up our cross and follow him, um, why would we do it unless he was who he said he was? We wouldn't, would we? Jesus is not merely a man, not merely a teacher or a prophet. He's not a created being inferior to God the Father or God the Spirit. He is God. And He is worthy, church. He is God, and He is worthy of our lives. Did y'all make resolutions this year? Anybody make some resolutions? Lose a few pounds or read some, read more, whatever your resolution might be. Um, if any resolution you make is something that will draw you closer to the Lord, you might have said, I'm going to read the Bible more. I'm going to pray more. I'm going to go to church more. Not only that, I'm going to go to church and find ways to serve in the church. Whatever your resolution might be, I'm going to try to share the gospel with someone this year, with two people this year, with five people, whatever. Whatever your spiritual goal is, if it's like those aligned with Scripture, is Jesus worthy of you trying to accomplish that goal? He absolutely is. As a matter of fact, we are all in danger of giving him to less instead of giving him more than, than he deserves. He deserves our very all. He deserves our lives this year. He deserves our time this year. I encourage you as much as humanly possible when you're well to be here with us as we worship together each week. We need each other. I need you to be here to encourage me and that you might encourage each other. I need you to be here that I might be able to share with you what God shares with me. And we do all these things because Jesus Christ is who he said he was. He is our God. Number five of six, Jesus is creator. Verse three of John one says, All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. So far away from Jesus being a created being, not only is he not a created being, he is the creator, along with the Father and the Spirit. We see other scriptures. Psalm 148.5 says, He commanded and they were created. Colossians 1.16 says, For by him all things were created 
in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. Be reminded this morning that God created you, and he created you for a purpose, and that purpose is to know your creator, to love your creator, and to worship your creator. What are you going to worship this year? Who are we going to worship? Who are we going to give our time to, our allegiance to, our efforts to this year? I propose to you that there's no greater one to give your time and effort and resources to than Jesus Christ our Lord. No greater one. May we worship the Creator have other verses here but we'll move on for time's sake but know that this Jesus who is the word who is eternal who is one with the father yet distinct he is creator and he is God our final truth number six Jesus Christ is the fountain of all spiritual life and light he is the fountain or the source of of all spiritual life and light. Verse 4, in him was life. By the way, that's going to be a theme in the book of John. He's the bread of life. He's the living water. We're going to see that theme in, in this whole book. But in him was life, and the life was the light of men. And verse 5, the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not if we're going to have life if anyone here today does not have eternal life you've never given your life to christ then the only way you're going to have life is in him the one who gives life if any of you say i feel like i'm just walking in darkness i can't see where i'm going that's you're the same as many other people in this world and the bible says here he is the light of men he gives us life he gives us life, light. Um, this past week, we were kind of just not, not able to do much, and so we started watching some of the old Marvel movies. Um, they're not that old, but some of the Marvel, Marvel movies, and, and like, you know, Thor and the Avengers and Iron Man movies like that. Some of y'all like those movies, I'm sure. Uh, but early on, you find out there's this little cube. It's called a Tesseract, if I'm saying that right. It's like this cube that everyone's fighting over, and this cube is like powerful. They get power from it. I don't even know what all it does. I don't know that kind of st- this kind of stuff that much. But whatever it is, all these heroes and villains are fighting over it because it gives power. It's one of those infinity stones. It gives power, and they all want it because it is a source of great power and control and all the things that these villains and heroes want. I thought about that as I've been studying in John. How are we going to have the power or the strength to live these Christian lives we're called to live? When every week, it seems like, this past couple of years or every month, it seems like people are, being, are getting sick, losing loved ones, going through hard relationship issues with marriages and kids and parents and 
job issues and so many things that can zap our strength. Not even to, not even to mention that we constantly have sin and our sin nature trying to pull us down and trying to make us doubt who God is in our lives and trying to, in any way possible, bring us down and not toward the Lord. If we're going to have strength in 2022 to overcome those types of things or just to make it through those types of things, we must know, as we begin this morning, that the source of that power, the source of the strength we need, is in Jesus Christ alone. Now, we can help each other, and we need to do that. You can be helped by other things, you know, that you do in this life, but nothing will help you more than being connected to the power source, which is Jesus. Whatever... Whatever spiritual life and light Adam and Eve had before they sinned, it came from Christ. It came from the Lord. And then we know sin corrupted it. And whatever spiritual life and light anyone has ever had since then comes from Christ our Lord. And yet, as I mentioned in verse 5, the majority of mankind has refused the light has refused, the life has refused Christ and has not comprehended it. But if any of us has life and has seen the light, we know it's because of Jesus. If you've not seen him today, look to Christ. He's the Word, He is eternal, He's a distinct person, yet one with the Father. He is God, He is Creator. And our Lord is the fountain of all spiritual life and light. Based on this, let me give you two practical consequences that we can apply to ourselves as we conclude this morning. The first thing that stands out to me as I study uh, these verses and the following is that sin, this is your next slide, sin is extremely sinful. Do you agree? Sin is exceedingly sinful. Why did Jesus Christ have to be so unique? Why couldn't God have just allowed Moses, for example, to die for our sins? Could a mere man do what Jesus did? No, of course, we know that's not possible because we have corrupt hearts. We're all sinners. We all fall short of the glory of God. No, no man, no, not merely a man, could have lived a perfectly righteous life that the Savior had to live that we might be saved. Well, let me ask you this. Why did Jesus have to be man? Why couldn't he just be only God. Well, we know that he had to be man that he might suffer and die. You see, Jesus is a very unique Savior. There is none like him. And when we see all these truths about Jesus, 
it reminds us that for him to have to come, for God to have to send his son to die for us, shows us sin is extremely sinful. And yet, how many of us take sin lightly? We all view sin more lightly than God does. To God, sin is a very serious thing. You know people that are very serious about something? Why are you so serious about that? They care about it. Why are you so serious about that? They really care about it. God is so very serious about sin. If we could just get a glimpse of that. But the glimpse of how serious God is about sin is the cross. That he would allow his son to be tortured and killed for sinners like us shows you that God views sin more seriously than we do. But on the positive side, on the, the good news is our hope is exceedingly sure. You see, though sin is extremely sinful, we know Jesus wipes away our sin. And he gave himself for our sin. I was thinking, you know, as you read these verses, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And we have another word in Scripture called, another name of Jesus called Emmanuel. God, what? With us. Not only was Jesus with God, but Jesus came to be with us. That he might be the one who is mighty to save. We are great sinners, but we have an even greater Savior. And he is a strong cornerstone foundation and first peter says that and then it says whoever believes in him will never be put to shame as we begin 2022 and move through this year it is my hope and prayer that you would not lose hope but understand your hope comes from christ he is the source. He is the fountain. We must plug in to Him through His Word, through prayer, and through the church. If you don't have a resolution this year, let me give you one. His Word, prayer, and the church. If you make your life a steady diet of those three things, you will see spiritual growth. I just believe that. If you let His Word get into... If you get into his word until his word gets into you, that will make a change, a difference in your life. If you spend a few minutes a day in prayer, that will make a change. And if you spend more time around God's people, that will make a change. Connect to the source, which is Christ. Let's pray.